Hey guys, welcome back to Kindled. I'm your host, Haley. I'm excited to share with you today a conversation I got to have with Jacob Arthur, an attorney at law, who will be talking to us about all things vaccine mandate. And uh, I actually asked some questions on Instagram to you guys, uh, or I asked for you to ask your questions to Jacob. So I will, near the end of the conversation, um, I did ask him some of those questions. You can stay tuned towards the end and you will get to hear his answer to your specific questions. Obviously could not get to all of them, but I tried to ask the ones that I saw over and over again in the um, submissions. Um, which leads me to my next point. Make sure that you are following me over on Instagram at Haley.kindled. That's H-A-L-E-Y dot kindled. And my backup account, Kindled dot Haley. It is, it's just reversed. I, I changed, I changed the name of it. It used to have backup in the name, but I kind of thought maybe Instagram would be suspicious of an account that was named backup just because, you know, they know what people are doing with that. So I changed the name. So follow me over there uh, to just get a whole lot more engagement throughout the week between episodes. And if you are all caught up on Kindled and you want more content from me, I have a Patreon community that is $10 a month that you can join where you will get an extra episode every single week from me. So not just Kindled on Mondays, but Firestarter episodes on Fridays. So that's two episodes a week. That is happening over at patreon.com slash kindled podcast. You can sign up. There is even uh, year memberships. So maybe you want to gift yourself a Christmas present or give it to another lady that you know follows along and would appreciate that membership throughout the year. Just getting extra content that is discussing current events most often from a biblical worldview. Uh, so again, you can learn more at patreon.com slash kindled podcast. Uh, as always, appreciate so much if you can leave a rating and review. As you are listening to this, you can just tap over into the Apple Podcasts app and leave a few words, submit a star rating. I have almost 400 reviews in there, which, you know, it may not sound like a lot, but it is very hard to get people to actually submit reviews. Like every podcaster wants people to leave reviews and people just forget or they think, oh yeah, I'll go do that. And then they never do. So if that's you, if you forget every time, I totally understand. I have literally been that person. 99% of the time. But if you're listening to me right now, I would love for you to pause or go over to that app or hop on, you know, if you need to search Google or DuckDuckGo, if you're in a browser, you can type Kindled Podcast. It'll come up. iTunes is, or the, the Apple Podcast link, the iTunes link is going to be one of the top ones that shows up. You can even leave a review on a computer. There's so many ways to do it. But it just helps so much to have this podcast be recommended to people who listen to other Christian podcasts who would be the perfect fit and find my show. So, and, and also the other thing I'll say is that there is like a, a small amount of one-star reviews just from people who dislike me or what I say, the truth that I share. And so those negative reviews actually do hurt the show. So um, the more positive reviews that the show gets, the more that those negative reviews matter very little, just the smaller piece of the pie they are. So do me a favor, go leave a rating interview. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. And uh, now I will get into my conversation with Jacob Arthur. Today on Kindled, I am chatting with uh, attorney Jacob Arthur. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jacob. Hey, it's great to be here. Glad to be here. So um, this, is a, this is a really fun moment for me. I've, I don't think I've ever interviewed 
Uh, maybe I've interviewed one attorney, but it certainly was not on vaccine mandates. And, uh, you know, another, uh, another interesting, you know, moment of history is that we are both in the bar podcast network with our podcast. I have kindled obviously, and you have broken bones podcast. So just to let people know that you are a podcast host. So before we hop into the topic, why don't you tell us a little bit about your show? Yeah. So, uh, as you mentioned, I am an attorney. That's my, uh, that's my, uh, trade craft, but I uh, also have the, the podcast broken bones podcast on the bar network. Um, it is, although I am an attorney, it is not a legal podcast. It is a, a Christian podcast where um, I kind of have transitioned out of uh, teaching adult Sunday school for about 14 years and mm-hmm. uh, started this podcast, hoping to kind of continue the way I taught in Sunday school. Mm-hmm. So what we typically do um, is go through right now, we're going through, say, A.W. Pink's book, The Attributes of God, and each episode of the podcast is a chapter of that book. And so we're walking our listeners through each attribute of God that A.W. Pink goes through. And that's kind of what we're going to do going forward uh, for the remainder of this season of the podcast. And we'll take a short break and come back uh, after the new year with with another topic. That's very cool. Yeah, I love that that was born out of your own, you know, interest and passion and teaching teaching people in Sunday school. And now you're just kind of taking it online and allowing a lot of other people to learn. That's, that's really cool. Cause a lot of churches don't even really do adult Sunday school. So it's kind of a neat thing. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah that is interesting that a lot of churches don't do adult Sunday school, but yeah, I've, I've taught for about 14 years and uh, over the last 20 months or so, when, when some of the churches closed, including ours for a while, uh, things kind of transitioned to the virtual uh, Sunday school briefly and, um, or over the past year, I would say, but just that kind of not getting a lot of participation. I think a lot of mm-hmm. folks are finding that I've seen studies where 30 to 50% of folks are not coming back to church and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. So I decided to venture into this area of podcasting and it has been a blessing. I've been able to reach a lot more people this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Well, getting into our topic, we have so much that we could cover today. And I, I feel like you know, I'm going to be running at breakneck speed. So I want to have as much time as possible, but I would love for um, us to just kind of catch people up who may be a little confused about what all is going on with the vaccine mandate. Uh, And, you know, I I mean, even I, I am a little confused, frankly, uh, because there was first, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but first the announcement from Biden that there would be a federal vaccine mandate, but there was no decree uh, and there was no like enforcement arm. Right. And, And then we were waiting to see what OSHA would do. And uh, now today we have a really interesting development that, you know, that you can talk about, but what, what do we need to know about where we are today? Well, kind of the, the timeline was that the administration announced that, well, in July, I don't know if you remember, there are clips you can find of, of President Biden at a press conference being asked about mandating vaccines. And of course, in July, the, the answer was, well, that's not really the government's role. We don't anticipate doing anything like that. Mm-hmm. Of course, July 2021 was so long ago, things right. have changed. And uh, after that, it became where the administration, uh, there was an executive order written uh, by the administration, which mandated uh, the vaccine on federal employees and uh, federal contractors, anyone who uh, was employed by someone who, who acted in a contracting capacity with the government. So you saw a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, 
companies that contract with like DOD, that kind of thing, um, all of a sudden have to implement these, these mandates for their employees. Mm -hmm. Then there was the announcement. Um, I don't even remember. Maybe, maybe that was September, I believe. Um, the announcement from the administration that they were going to implement a vaccine mandate on employers with over 100 employees. Mm -hmm. uh, these were private, em private, private employees, private companies, and that they would be doing that through OSHA. Um, and it was such an emergency that it took two months for them to actually put together the language of the regulation that they were going to, to, uh, to issue. And then also it's such an emergency and I'm being sarcastic here, obviously, mm -hmm. but it was yeah. also such an emergency that it would not go into effect until January, like January 4th, I believe was the date. So you saw employee employers uh, around the country, especially those with over a hundred employees begin to scramble and set up deadlines for their employees to be vaccinated in accordance with this proposed uh, regulation from OSHA. And like you said, at the time, there was not even, there wasn't even anything written. So there was, there was the basically press release of a potential regulation coming out, but nothing was written uh, on paper yet. And so you had employers, uh, employers mandating vaccines on people, setting up different parameters and policies for how that was going to work. Then we saw a couple of weeks ago, the actual regulation, the language came out. Uh, and as you mentioned at the start, we've had some developments in the last probably week and a half, I think. Uh, there was a lawsuit filed that went into the Fifth Circuit Court, um, and I believe a week ago, that court, uh, the judge there issued a stay, and uh, just meaning that he ordered that OSHA and the government basically temporarily hold their position and not do anything uh, until there was a review process. Mm -hmm. and I think they gave the government, the Biden administration, until this past Monday at 5 p.m. to respond. There was a response. And then the judge uh, issued what I think was about a 22, 27 page long opinion uh, granting the restraint, restraining order or the temporary stay against implementing this regulation. And of course, now uh, in the last day or so, we have had, uh, well, we had the Biden administration tell employers to not worry about the stay, to go ahead and continue implementing. And mm -hmm. then within the last 24, 48 hours, we've had OSHA come out and announce that they are temporarily suspending implementation of the ETS and uh, pending judicial review. So it, what's the ETS? That's, uh, that's just that's basically the 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 regulation that they were the okay. OSHA is going to present uh, okay. to employers to have to be responsible for mandating vaccines on their employees. Wow. Okay. So, so that's a lot. Sorry. Yeah. No. 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 It it is a lot, and it's it's a lot to keep up with, especially when you're not familiar with how these processes should work or do typically work. And now we're dealing with something that is truly unprecedented, and we've never seen some things like this come down from the federal administration, you know, in, in this way and in this manner and this quickly. And it's just, it's, it's honestly kind of mind blowing that it's all happening for a lot of us. I think we're like, how is this happening? But what I'd love for you to answer for us is have we seen anything like this in the past? And is there a precedent set for the federal government to mandate vaccinations? Well, I mean, there are Supreme Court cases that go back over the years regarding uh, 
I would say religious belief issues when it comes to certain vaccinations and things like that and medical issues. And um, so there is some precedent in history for some of this. But as we've talked about before, we're dealing with something completely different here. Um, mm-hmm. One, just this type of this type of vaccine. Um, who is a who is affected? Typically, when you've seen these type of things going go into effect in the past, you've had um, wide swaths of the population who are vulnerable, mm-hmm. um, and so there is a lot more leadway given to the government to protect public health in that situation. But I, I think what we're looking at here is unprecedented. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of what the uh, I think businesses and government will rely on is past precedent for past cases related to um, uh, vaccination and medical exemptions and religious exemptions. They'll rely on that. But again, I think we have to bring it into the to the present time. And I don't think a lot of this really uh, applies per se to what we're looking at now. Right. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. That's kind of what I thought, but I just want to hear that from someone other than my own brain. (laughs) Um, so this recent development today with OSHA, um, tell us, tell us again, what that, what that is and why that's happening. Why are they, why are they halting that? Because of, because of just the lawsuit that was submitted in Florida to the fifth circuit court, which is for people who may not know is, is what largely conservative or how would you characterize that? Well, unfortunately politics comes into everything. So the first thing people ask is what is the political makeup of, of that court? Uh, It is a heavily, heavily conservative court. There are a lot of Trump appointees on that court. Um, So you probably would anticipate that they would be more favorable. The judges hearing hearing this uh, this issue would be more favorable to a conservative position on on this. Uh, But you never know. I mean, I just you can look at the the Supreme Court over the last couple of years. And, um, you know, a lot of people that it was vote for Trump for judges. And that hasn't quite always worked out uh, in in the favor of people with that position. Uh, just based on the judges that he's appointed, but uh, or he appointed, but yeah, it is a, a fairly conservative court. Uh, and what you what you have happened here with the halting of this uh, implementation, not only is there this case in front of the the Fifth Circuit, but you also have a case that's now in the Sixth Circuit, which is uh, basically um, you had multiple multiple litigants file suit, which were states. And so what they've done is kind of put all this, put all these different litigants together as one case and put that in front of the Sixth Circuit. So there's that case going on. You've got the case in the Fifth Circuit. There's also been a lawsuit um, against uh, the Biden administration from a group of uh, Navy SEALs um, who are asking to be exempted and fighting against the mandate uh, from the Department of Defense. And uh, so they also have litigation ongoing. So you've got you've got a situation where there, there's litigation happening all over the country in different areas with potentially more. And mm-hmm. so what's, what typically happens when you have that going on is that at some point the Supreme court's going to get involved because you, you, you're not going to be able to function if you have different courts all over the country making different decisions. Right. That makes sense. Okay. So, <clears throat> um, so we, we hear about, like, you're describing this litigation that's happening all over the country. 
you'll hear, you know, uh, th- this company is filing a suit or this group of individuals or this whatever. And then it, it goes silent and we don't hear anything for a long time. Explain to people why that is, you know, is that normal? Is that typical? Uh, what the process looks like? Like how long do these things take once they are filed? How long does a lawsuit really kind of take to go through the system? And are we in a special case where things are getting rushed or are we going to be, you know, having to wait months or years to see the results of these things? So in your typical, uh, <laughs> typical litigation you, it could go for months or years, uh, depending on the nature of the nature of the litigation. Um, you know, once you file a lawsuit, there are specific, uh, specific timeframes allotted for when the lawsuit is filed, how long you have to serve that lawsuit on the other party, how long the other party has to answer. Uh, there can be continuances, uh, motions that come into play, that are heard and either uh, uh, approved or denied. And so things can get extended out. Usually one party wants to extend the time frame, and one party wants to keep it as short as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the case here, I think you're going to see uh, with a lot of these lawsuits that the plaintiffs who are fighting against these mandates are going to want things expedited. They're going to request expedited hearings uh, on this because with a potential deadline of January 4th looming, as the deadline from the OSHA regulation, mm-hmm. um, obviously the plaintiffs are going to want things settled before then. So it, okay. I anticipate things being uh, happening quicker than they typically would. But again, it's it's all up in the air right now. So January 4th is the deadline that OSHA set, right, for this mandate to be basically complied with by any employees of these companies that are mandating. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. So if someone, um, well, what do you expect to occur now with this January 4th deadline with the announcement today from OSHA? What do you, what, what does that say to you? Is that, is that date going to just come and go and nothing, nothing hard and fast is going to be done or, or, you know, no disciplinary action is going to be taken with these employees who maybe have not complied? Well, it's hard to say with the employees because you've got a lot of companies who have already implemented these policies in place. So you've got, um, you've got employees, employers that I've seen who are saying, you know, by as of like yesterday or two days ago that their employees had to comply with their vaccine policy. So they either had to have gotten their first shot or, completed their second dose or be in that two after that two week window for being quote unquote fully vaccinated. Um, I, I've got people I've spoken with whose their compliance date is sometime in December. Um, companies were trying, I think, to get ahead of the January 4th. They didn't want to be up against the wall with that date in place. Mm-hmm. Now you've got these issues in front of courts. And you've got a stay issued against the against the OSHA regulation, and OSHA has you know temporarily suspended any uh, in, any enforcement mechanism that they were going to do. So I, I honestly have no idea. I mean, it's I don't think anybody knows at this point what's going to happen. I anticipate employers will continue their policies uh, that they've put in place because mm-hmm. they don't want to be again caught uh, not having vaccinated employees, uh, mm-hmm. per the OSHA regulation, if it's upheld. Um, 
and they probably are thinking, well, if it's not upheld, well, we were already prepared. So I really, though, have no idea um, what's going to happen, what the deadlines are going to look like, if they're going to get pushed back. If mm-hmm. not, it, it's hard to say right now. I want to tell you about the next sponsor of today's episode, and that is one of my favorite online boutiques. Well, they're online to me because I'm only because I'm not in California, but they have a physical shop too, and that is Plum Penny Boutique. Plum Penny specializes in women's clothing and accessories, and they believe that looking and feeling great should feel effortless. With that in mind, you're going to find carefully curated finds for the everyday gal. From heading to the office to PTA meetings or grabbing coffee with your besties, they have something for you. Shop via their website or my favorite, watch their weekly live sales on their Facebook business page. Or if you are in California, swing by their store in Bria, California. As a Kindle listener, the owners, Sammy and Jess, are offering you 20% off your first purchase. Just head to their website, plumpennyboutique.com, and use the code KINDLED at checkout. That's plumpennyboutique.com. Use the code KINDLED for 20% off your first purchase. Yeah. Yeah. And that is, that is kind of the confusing piece is that you've got this federal mandate. You've got, you know, Biden and his administration saying one thing, then you've got OSHA saying another thing and they're at their own entity. And then you've got the employers who I, I suppose, I guess that's a question for you is, I mean, it, what is being challenged in court right now is whether it is lawful for them to mandate this vaccine, right? Is that is that what people are really pushing back against? Because I know some, I've seen a lot of people argue, we had a comment on our live the other night that there's always, you know, there's always been a precedent for employers to mandate vaccines or public school systems to mandate vaccines. Like you guys are freaking out over nothing and acting like this is just unprecedented and crazy. And it's not. And obviously you and I know that the vaccine itself is, is a different beast. The virus itself is a different beast. The timeline is a different beast. Um, all of those, all of those variables are different, but do you see that being a legitimate challenge in court that, you know, that, that for on the company specific to the companies that they may not be able to actually do this to implement the the vaccine, the vaccine mandate. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting. I think we're in a new area of, I mentioned this earlier. I kind of think we're in a new area of, of law that's going to, that's going to be established. Um, and so we're going to see new precedents set. Uh, what's interesting about um, the, with OSHA is there the mandate, and I'll try and do this in layman's terms, really the mandate for OSHA is to provide uh, really safe work environment f- for all employees, if that makes sense. Um And one of the arguments I've seen, which I really like against the OSHA regulation for the vaccine mandate is that since the, since the mandate for OSHA is really to protect all employees and, and like say not having a building you work at full of asbestos, because that, uh, that's going to affect everybody in the building. Mm -hmm. What we're looking at with COVID is something that does not affect everybody the same way. Right. Um, it's, you know, as we talked about the other night on the, on the live bar party podcast, um, you have a very specific group of individuals who are highly susceptible to COVID. And then a lot of people who get over it at home, maybe never even know they had it. Um, you can't really throw a blanket policy over 
a group that's as diverse as that in, in as far as their risk category related mm-hmm. to COVID. So that's one argument against uh, against OSHA that they don't really have a, a standing to implement this kind of policy because it's outside of their original uh, mandate. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. As far as with companies, um, I, I think one of the interesting things will be looking at companies that say the OSHA regulation is struck down and thrown out. If a company was completely reliant on establishing a policy based on potential OSHA regulations versus they just decided on their own, like, hey, for our employees, we would like Mm -hmm. to have everybody vaccinated uh, just for the safety of our Mm -hmm. own employees. I think there's an argument to be made there. I may not agree with it, but I think there's at least an argument to be made Mm -hmm. for that company that, hey, this is a company policy that we put in place that we feel is necessary for the safety of our employees versus, hey, the administration put out a press release, so we're going to act upon that. And I'm seeing a lot of that happening versus the other. And probably wouldn't you say, I mean, this just a guess that they want to pass the buck, like they, they want the impetus or, or any sort of, they don't want to be the ones bearing, uh, you know, the, um, I don't know what the word would be, but, but they just want to point to what the government's saying, say, we have to do this to protect themselves to CYA, right? Like that's kind of what they're doing. And if they word it that way versus if they're like truly believe that this is what is right and they want to do that independent of everything else. Yeah, well, I mean, you you don't even have to look this far or that far as far as like the company mandated vaccines to see that's that's what's going on here. I mean, you can look at, um, for example, your local state or county government or your or your city government who passes, say, a mask mandate. OK, our our county law enforcement or city law enforcement out enforcing the mask mandates where you live, if you have that going on? No, Mm -hmm. they're telling the stores or the restaurants that they have to enforce the mask. It's always a passing, passing the buck um, so that nobody's responsible. So yeah, to your point, I think, I think there's a lot of that going on, um, Mm -hmm. which has been a problem for the past, you know, year and a half, I think is is an issue. Yeah. Yeah. It's a principle. It's the, it's the principle of it is, is so problematic. And so, you know, it's, it's just, it's ridiculous. Cause I mean, we've all lived through all, although the vaccine mandate stuff is affecting some of us, not affecting others. Uh, you know, for some of us, it is, it, some people have already been fired or already left their jobs and others are like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that's happening over there. But we've, we've all probably experienced some of the mask mandates and just how divisive it is when there's really no enforcement arm, there's no real, you know, it, it even even in restaurants or stores that have a sign on the door, you can still often walk in without and defy. You can still often be served. If you press them and say, will you refuse me service? They'll say no, because they don't want to get sued. And so it's just kind of like, what does any of this mean? What is it for? And why is it here? Because if it's not real and if you're not really going to enforce it, then it just makes me really skeptical that you even believe in it. And maybe you're just afraid of the legal repercussions or me suing you or anything like that, which, which is valid, but it just, it, it creates a lot of confusion, a lot of division between people, a lot of, um, you know, just distortion and, and such a mess that we've found ourselves in. And, and, you know, 
I don't even know what my question is, but it just seems like this is, this is kind of just continuing to expand. And now the problem is like, we're not just talking about masks, which are a temporary thing that, you know, are, you could argue are not as invasive, obviously as a vaccine. Uh, although I still don't agree with that mandate. Um, the vaccine is, is quite different. Maybe we should talk about that. In what ways is the vaccine mandate not equivalent to something like a mask mandate? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll jump back real quick and okay. just say, I think I think what we've seen is, um, at least what I have perceived over the last year, is everything has been, all the regulations, the, the lockdowns, the masking, the distancing, um, you know, we're on day 700 and something of 15 days to slow the spread or flatten the curve or whatever it is. I mean, everything has been done on the- The curve impetus. is so flat that it is now <laughs> concave. It yeah. is, it is concave. Um, but everything's been done on, on the impetus that there's an emergency, okay, this health mm-hmm. emergency. But you'll notice when they implement something, it's never immediate. It's, hey, um, we are going to have a mask mandate because things are really bad. It's going to go into effect next Friday at 5 p.m. Right. <laughs> or, you know, or uh, there's going to be a curfew because COVID cases are rising. It'll start at 10 p.m. on Saturday, a week mm-hmm. from today. We're going to see COVID start to stay out later and later. We got to get ahead of it. Or, or even with the, with the issue with this OSHA regulation, with the vaccine mandates, you know, it's, it's imperative that everybody get vaccinated. So we're going to take two months to write the regulation and then it'll take two months to implement it. Mm -hmm. So again, is it really an emergency Mm -hmm. or not? Um, But let's see where you went with the, the mat, like the other, what's the difference here? I think we're Uh looking at, um, as far as masking, social distancing, those kind of things, those, those aren't invasive. Um, I do find them personally problematic, yeah. um, and a restriction of, of my God given freedom and my God given, uh, liberty of conscience. Mm-hmm. Um, and even harmful for some, for really, I would argue pretty much everyone, but especially like young people yeah. for developmental yeah. reasons and all kinds of things. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, there's harm happening, but I would say that is that is uh, somewhat different. I don't think any less legitimate, but somewhat right. different than uh, telling me I have to inject something into my body. Right. Um, now, there are vaccines available that are required for public school or you may have to get vaccinated to travel um, to, you know, do mission work in another country, something like that. But again, those are choices you make even the vaccinations for most public schools can be opted out of based on personal or religious beliefs. Um, So I I think what we've crept into, and and I've been talking about this for over a year on social media, but just this slippery slope that I Mm -hmm. saw coming last year was like, look, yeah, I've been saying the same thing. Yeah. If you give in to 15 days to slow the spread or, or, Mm -hmm. you know, or, the curfews or the mask or whatever, it's, that's not where it ends. Right. And every time you allow them to take a little more, then you're mm-hmm. giving up the force you have in your own argument to say no at some point. So for me, it was, you just say no from the beginning. Yeah. Um, and then I'll decide down the road, are there things I'm willing to move on? Mm-hmm. But yeah, with this, I, th- I think we've, we've entered a whole new territory when we start talking about you actively have to put something in your body Mm-hmm. to really exist. I mean, you know, yeah. when you take a, when you take away someone's ability to earn a living, you're effectively killing them. 
I mean, yeah. it's, it's a, it's effectively a death sentence. Yeah. Um, and so the choices that are being uh, forced upon people are, um, they're immoral is, is really what it amounts to to me. I want to tell you about my next sponsor, and that is Sue Yunt with Plexus. Now, one of my daughters struggles with eczema, which is um, a very, you know, sensitive, dry skin condition that is really hard to get rid of. Uh, lotion doesn't cut it. She needs more than that. She has, you know, prescriptions and creams, but I have started trying something new and actually attacking that problem uh, at the source. And the gut is actually tied to so many of the symptomatic issues that we might experience on the outside of our body or elsewhere. Many of those things start in our gut. And so Plexus offers a great uh, selection of products that target gut health, inflammation, blood sugar balance. They're on the cutting edge of health science with products uh, focused on every aspect of your health and happiness. And so that just helps your body get rid of the bad stuff, paving the way to better digestive health and feeding your system to benefit your body and your mind. So I've got my daughter now on this microbiome product for kids that's super easy. I sprinkle it in her water, only four ounces. She drinks it every day. And I'm excited to actually be doing something to help solve this this issue that she has at a, a foundational level, attacking the root source of, uh, you know, something that might be causing it or exacerbating it rather than merely dealing with the symptoms of the problem. So that's what I'd say Plexus is great for. You can get a hold of Sue to learn more about the product catalog at seven in the woods at gmail.com. That's number seven in the woods at gmail.com or more simply just click the link in my Instagram bio scroll down and you will see that I link directly to her profile so you can message her on Instagram and get in touch and she can hook you up Uh, just let her know what kind of issues you're dealing with and she can recommend something to you that Plexus offers Sue is offering Kindled listeners 10% off their welcome pack plus a free Plexus branded shaker bottle with any purchase of $50 or more. Yeah. Being coerced into something that goes against your beliefs, against your will, or be exterminated. That's what it is. I mean, yeah, you can try and go find another company without a vaccine mandate of which there are still many today, but you know, if it, like you're saying for the, the principled problem is that we gave when it was, you know, we gave 18 months ago, that's when, that's when we should have said no. And I, I've been saying the same thing. I feel like a a literal broken record. I I think since May of 2020, I have been saying, guys, guys, look around like, this is insane. Do you not see how this is a slippery slope, how this is just one tiny step. And people were like, oh my gosh, you're being such a fear mongerer. Oh, you can't you do this one little thing to just let go of these, this one little right, this one little thing that you think you deserve your little, your little freedom. Can't you just give that little tiny freedom up just for the good of another human being, just for a little while, just to get through this, just because we're all on the same page, just because God says, love your neighbor and, you know, lay down your life for your friend, blah, 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 blah. How can Christians be so demanding of their individual rights when Jesus died on the cross? That's not very Christ-like, you know, how many times have we heard these arguments and <laughs> It's like, you are fools. You're fools yeah. because you do not yeah. see, you do not see how this always goes. It always goes in one direction and it is not in the direction of liberty and freedom and truth. Well, Hey, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'm, I don't ask ladies what their ages are, but uh, I'm 43 
and well, I'm a um, decade behind you. Okay. Well, uh, so, and I'm a student of history and I mean, th- you're right. This is how it always goes. It's always little, little bites at your freedom. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it becomes gigantic bites and chomps and just, and, and complete usurping of your freedom. Yeah. But I think we also have uh, a generation of people who, um, probably my age and younger, I, I, I can't remember what I'm considered if I'm a Gen X or Xennial, whatever it's called. But mm-hmm. so I, I think probably people in my age bracket and younger have never faced any type of real existential threat to to themselves or their freedom. I mean, our, our parents and our parents, our grandparents, you know, had had the Cold War and World War II and the Korean War and Vietnam. I mean, they faced literal threats to their lives mm-hmm. and to their their way of life and their freedom. People in our age bracket and younger have not ever faced that. I also think we are, we have become very poor students of history. Um, And so when you try to have these conversations with people, you just get the, the kind of blank Jehovah's witness stare that it's like you, you're not, they're not even computing Mm -mm. what you're saying. Um, And they don't care. There's, they don't care. They don't care. And, and there's no vision for, for looking past today. Yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with, uh, with this idea of, of safism, you know, yeah. this religion, this religion of safism. Um, and we, we live in a society that doesn't, uh, we live in a society that has no hope beyond the here and now. Mm-hmm. So when you take away or that is threatened, they'll do anything to hold on to it. Yeah. And I think you're seeing that across the board. Uh, so I, I know for, for me and my wife, when we, when we find somebody who is like-minded on this issue, it's like a breath of fresh air to be able yeah. to, to talk. Uh, my it wife is. was at, at something the other night with, with a couple of ladies that she didn't really know and found out that they were of the same opinion on some of this stuff. And she ended up staying like an extra hour and a half just because they all wanted to, yeah. to fellowship, <laughs> fellowship. Right in the knowledge that they're not crazy, you know, exactly. is really what it was. I completely relate to that. And that's how I am with some of my friends who are like-minded. It's like, we could, yeah, we could talk about this stuff all night because it's just, you, you are craving what is true. You're craving, um, to, you know, to be affirmed, not just in your own individual belief, but what you really know to be true and, and what yep. the Holy spirit has convicted you is, is absolutely true. And, uh, and we, we have such a deficit right now in the culture and in this, in a national conversation around these issues, it's not even allowed. It's you'll be shut down, deleted, uh, kicked off, you know, censored all the things. If you even so much as say these things, I can't even say half of what we've said so far on Instagram, or I would be deleted. Um, and you know, it's just crazy. So you can't, you're not even really allowed to, to talk about it. Um, it, I want to go back to the vaccine um, exemption. I have a lot of people that, you know, in my community who have submitted exemptions, either been accepted or denied. I know that this is something you actually have been helping people with. Um, do you want to speak to what you do? And then I'll ask you a few questions about that. Yeah, uh, I had a, I had a, uh, actually a fellow friend of ours on the, on the bar network who had reached out to me. Uh, I'd seen him post about, um, about a issue with his company, 
um, putting out a vaccine mandate. He was, he was opposed to it. And uh, I just reached out and said, Hey buddy, I, I'll help you out. I can help with at least understanding some of the legalities of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and also the fact that, you know, we're both brothers in Christ. If you want help kind of wording, uh, wording how to answer some of these questions biblically, let's, let's work on it together. And that ended up leading to me uh, kind of being a little more public with my willingness to help brothers and sisters who were seeking vaccine uh, mm-hmm. exemptions or accommodations based on religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. So I have been um, helping folks depending on what kind of uh, policy their company has. Some companies have, you know, maybe a two to three question form that has to be filled out. I, I have actually had one that was a 14 page form that was asked to be filled out by the employee. Wow. Uh, you know, some ask you just to submit a letter. So what I've been doing is working with folks. Uh, I'll get some background on their, uh, their beliefs and their understanding of scripture related to these issues. And we'll try to craft something uh, for them to, to submit to their employers. And That's awesome. uh, fortunately, uh, up until actually yesterday, all of the ones I had helped with had been approved. I just got one uh, that had been denied uh, from an employer employee, uh, but we're working on an appeal for that as well. So, okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Is that something that you're still taking clients for? Yeah. Yeah. I'll help anybody that's, that's, if I've got time, I'm trying to, to make myself available. Uh, to, you're doing to this for free. Uh, not, no. not totally okay, for good. free. I- um, I'm, I'm glad you're not doing it for free. I was like, please don't say you're doing it. Yeah, no, free. it's, I, I am doing it at a very reduced rate. Typically yeah. what's about my hourly rate, because that's typically what it takes me to do. But I, I noticed that I was getting so many come in that it was yeah. taking away from actual billable work that I could do. So well, right, I am right. asking for a small fee, but um, for sure, this could probably be a business in and of itself, right? Yeah. Not yeah. A, maybe not as lucrative of a business, but um. Yeah, I, I hope that it won't be able to be a business for long, right? Right. Um, so, okay. So with exemptions for someone asked the question, uh, let's see, what recourse do terminated employees have now? Anything? There may be, that's, that's, it's actually an area of law I'm starting to get brushed up on quite a bit. It's going to be like wrongful termination, things like that, um, because I kind of anticipate that coming down the pike mm-hmm. as far as with whatever happens with OSHA. Um, also, if you've got employer, employers that are denying uh, requests and uh, maybe the denial is not actually grounded in what is acceptable for a denial under Title VII of the 1964 Civil Rights Act for religious accommodations. Uh, there may be a case there for people if they've been fired based on this issue. So, and I actually anticipate, depending on what happens with everything with the OSHA and all the regulations, that there will probably be an explosion of uh, of lawsuits and and lawyers practicing in this area, particularly independent lawyers. Uh, A lot of your larger law firms represent businesses. So they're going to have a conflict of interest uh, if this area becomes kind of lucrative for cases being filed against employers uh, for terminations related to vaccine mandates. Okay. So that's something people kind of need to stay uh, tuned in on. Yeah. Basically yeah. wait and see, wait and I see. Would tell, I would tell folks don't quit. Right. Uh, don't quit the job, you know, let make them force you to leave, make them fire you or terminate you. Um, don't mm-hmm. walk away. 
uh, on your own. Okay. Um, and does this only, does the, the whole OSHA mandate, does it only pertain to private businesses and, and are hospitals included? I think the, uh, the Biden administration's executive order uh, for federal employees, I believe that also applied to, uh, and I may get this wrong, so don't hold me to it, but I, be, I believe it applied to anyone who took uh, either Medicaid or Medicare dollars, so hospitals um, and healthcare services. So um, that's up in the air now as well. Okay. Um, let's see, what other questions did I get? Uh, someone says, help getting a religious exemption from a Christian organization who says vaccines are a gift from God. Um, I will tell you, just contact Jacob. <laughs> we'll, we will put your, we'll share at the end, we'll share how to get in touch with you. And yep. I'll, I'll be sure and link that in the show notes too. Um, let's see. Someone says, I don't understand why we need a religious reason to decline. Why does it need to be a religious reason? Well, under the, under title seven, religion is very broad. Um, but typically historically different religious sects, different religious beliefs have gone against, um, certain medical treatments. So there is a carve out for that in the civil rights act. Um, I would say if you can do do a religious exemption, then that's the way to go. Uh, there's also medical exemptions people can get if you, mm -hmm. if you have issues there. Um, right. You know, we've talked about the other night, not everybody can get the vaccine. I mean, it's just not medically feasible for some folks based on their health issues to be able to get the vaccine. And I am so excited to share with you because it has a very special place in my heart. I get asked all the time by listeners of this show and people on Instagram, where did you learn to think this way? I want to make sure my kids can think critically about the issues you talk about on this show. The answer, aside from the gospel of Jesus Christ and the word of God, is Cornerstone Curriculum. As a high schooler, I was fortunate enough to get to complete their complete high school curriculum, Worldviews of the Western World. This holistic approach to education teaches a biblical worldview and the Bible's answers to today's biggest cultural issues. It teaches young people critical thinking and philosophy. It trains and makes disciples and leaders for the next generation. In this curriculum, students begin an integrated study of literature, philosophy, government, economics, history, geography, science, and art, showing how the ideas of each era shaped society holistically. This approach is far superior to a traditional school setting where subjects are separated into individual classes. Students who complete this program will be equipped to reason and think critically on any subject, and they will be prepared to stand firm for Christ in the 21st century. I cannot wait for the day my girls are old enough to start this curriculum. I cannot recommend it enough, and I would urge you to check out their website, cornerstonecurriculum.com, and use the code KINDLED for 5% off anything you order from their site. Whether your kids are in elementary or even in the middle of high school, Cornerstone Curriculum has resources to help you equip them today. Uh, so definitely check out their website, cornerstonecurriculum.com. Use Kindled for 5% off. Right, right. Um, so what would you say someone should do if, you know, this OSHA mandate really falls apart and yet their company pushes forward? Would you say 
you know, just wait to be fired and, and then, you know, seek legal help? Or would you say it's just, it's a sign that this is like a a progressive company, probably better to leave and find a different place of employment. Like what would be your advice to someone like that? Maybe not advice, but you know, what are some things to keep in mind? Well, again, if, if you want to keep your job, um, but you're not, you're have decided you're not getting, not getting vaccinated against COVID-19, then, like I said, I would, I would not quit on your own accord. Um, obviously, if you want to have potential for any uh, legal recourse down the road, you're going to need to stay there until you're actually fired um, mm-hmm. is the best thing to do. Um, but like I've told a lot of folks that I have worked with on this issue, I will tell them, look, you need to go ahead and draw your line now, what you're willing to do and not willing to do to save your job. Uh, how important is that job to you? Because I don't want to get into the middle of this and it get hard. And then you just go ahead and decide, well, I'll just go ahead and get the vaccine because then you've given up all ground for anything in the future. And I think that applies even, you know, with what we're talking about outside of even the workplace issue. Um, the more you, the more you compromise on these issues, the more ground you're giving up for having any argument in the future uh, against whatever else comes next because something will come next. Yeah. Um, but yeah, folks, I, I really counsel people just to decide how important is the job. Now, some people, you know, some people will decide I have to have this job. Um, and if, if that is acceptable and people are comfortable with that and they've, they've come to that uh, in their own mind and in their own heart, uh, then I don't think there's a problem there you know, we talked about that, uh, the other night, I, I don't think there's an issue there, but if, if you are decidedly not going to get the vaccine, um, mm-hmm. stick it out there as long as you can, but you may decide, uh, that you're just ready to go. And it's not the place you, if they're going to do this to you, then they might try mm-hmm. something else in the future that you're right. just not willing to, to risk. Right. Absolutely. Um, so are there any, general suggestions you can give people on, um, you know, as they're filling out these exemption forms, I realize a lot of people have already done this. Um, but there could be people at this point. I mean, I know, um, I, I, I know people personally who have are waiting on the response. Um, and if they do not get accepted, then they will appeal and start that process. But are there any general tips, you know, that you could share, um, for those people who have maybe even already submitted and, and are waiting on the results of that? Uh, well, if you're waiting on the results, just, you know, go about your business. Um, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't overly talk about it with anybody. You know, you've mm-hmm. submitted it, just let it be. Uh, there's no need to have discussions with coworkers uh, necessarily about it or supervisors, anything like that. Yeah. Um, if you have not submitted yet, uh, think carefully about what arguments you want to use, especially if you're doing a religious accommodation, um, what biblical arguments you want to use, make it personal. Don't just go on the internet and find a general, uh, uh, a a general religious accommodation and cut and paste it and slap it on there and turn it in because, uh, there are chance, there's a chance that somebody else or more people in your company have done the same thing. And if a Mm -hmm. company's getting a lot of the same, uh, a lot of the same documents, then it really makes yours not look uh, authentic yeah. or since or like a sincerely held religious belief. Right. Um, make it personal. I would say too that a lot of companies are, I don't, I guess, getting wise to 
is the right phraseology, but getting wise to the arguments about uh, abortion related to development of the vaccines. They're getting wise mm-hmm. about um, making the, the argument of your body as a temple of the Holy Spirit. So they will uh, typically, some companies are asking questions to kind of cut that argument out at the beginning by asking, well, do you use certain medications or certain mm-hmm. vaccines that were developed using aborted uh, babies? And in an effort to say, well, if you'll do that, then you might as well do this, you know, that kind of thing. So you have to be, uh, be careful, be wise about how you answer those questions um, and be diligent in using God's word Mm -hmm. uh, to guide you and to answer and file your request. Mm -hmm. Would you say that, um, you know, that's a specific religious belief, obviously about using aborted fetal cells, but what about the argument of um, freedom of conscience, which is what we talked a lot or, or liberty of conscience that we talked about in our live on Monday uh, during the bar party. Uh, is, that a, is that a religious belief that to say, I believe it is a liberty issue and to mandate this, it goes against my beliefs. Is that legitimate? I think it's completely legitimate. I, you know, as we were talking before we started, uh, started the show, uh, I have a I have a, 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 a young lady I'm helping who filed her request. She made the argument um, primarily on the issue of liberty of conscience and that she believed uh, after prayerful consideration and guidance through the Holy Spirit that she could not take the COVID vaccine for a variety of issues. But it, it had been impressed on her by God that she could not violate her body this way and violate her conscience. And in, if she were to take the vaccine and violate what she believed she was being led to do, that would be sinful. That sounds like a belief to me. Um, mm-hmm. So, but hers was denied because they claimed that that was not a quote unquote religious belief under title seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't go into details about title seven, but I will tell you that the definition for what is a religious belief is very broad. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're filing an appeal on her behalf and and arguing this is a religious belief. In fact, it's been a foundational religious belief since Paul wrote Romans 14. Um, and in fact, mm-hmm. multiple uh, confessions of faith have addressed liberty of conscience. The 1689 London Confession addresses it. Westminster addresses it. Uh, there are yeah. a bunch of a bunch of confessions that address this. So it's not some new issue in the church or just just popped out of thin air. Mm-hmm. Right, right. It it is. Yeah, it is a legitimate belief, and uh, perhaps people just need some help explaining that. Um, and that's where you come in. Uh, before we share how to get in touch with you, is there any bright side to all of this nonsense in your view? Do you see any upside, or you know, well, at least this is happening? Do you see anything that would that would make us go, you know, we're we're glad this is happening and taking place? Um, well, I mean, I I. I obviously believe in, in God's sovereign control over everything. And I, mm-hmm. I believe that for, for, for those he had called all things work for good for his purposes. So there is good coming out of this. I don't think we, we may ne- not necessarily all see it right now or see it at once, but I think you've got a lot of people who um, a lot of people who maybe haven't taken their uh, study of God's word or their contemplation or meditation on on issues like liberty of conscience and, and conscience and what that really means or the role of government, the authority mm-hmm. of government over us, um, whose authority is controlling, maybe haven't looked at that from a biblical worldview. 
in their life and are now being forced to do it. And I think that will strengthen the church uh, going forward because uh, I anticipate that that issues uh, like this are only going to get worse for the Christians uh, going forward. Uh, it's not going to probably get better. So that's one area I think where there, there is some good coming out of this. I know I've been forced to contemplate it and look at it more deeply and, and really meditate on it uh, more than I ever had before uh, and really make sure that I'm looking at my, uh, my vision of government and the different spheres of authority, you know, God's sphere, my sphere as a, as a husband and father, what the role of government is, all those things. I'm looking at those through a much more focused biblical lens now. So I think that's a good thing. I think we've also seen um, beyond just the vaccine mandates over the last 20 months. I, th I think there has definitely been a, um, a uh, thinning of the herd mm -hmm. per se in the church. Uh, you definitely I think, see where people stand right now uh, on, on issues. And um, at, in one sense, that's sad because I know a lot of us probably have friends who mm -hmm. probably wouldn't consider us friends anymore. Think, you know, things like that. But I think we have definitely seen the true church uh, kind of consolidate and, and come, come to the forefront through a lot of mm -hmm. this. Yeah. And show us who we really you know, even though there, there may be some, some believers who disagree with us on whether the mandate is good or not, or whether they want to get the vaccine or not. And that's, that's fine. It's fine to disagree on those things, I think, but, um, but to give us like a, a clear view into who we should be learning from, who we should, whose authority we should be sitting under as a shepherd of our local church. And, you know, I think that is, is perhaps maybe the, one of the biggest bonuses and pluses out of all of this is, is, I mean, all the movement that's happened in churches is, um, is crazy. I mean, we left the church, uh, you know, uh, over a year ago, but, but largely connected to what we saw as, as 2020 started to kind of continue on May, June, July, still closed August, September, still closed, you know, all of those things. And I mean, by June, not, we didn't even take that long, but by June, we were like, we can't do this anymore. We need to be in church. Yeah. Like, this is yeah. wrong. Like, this is absolutely wrong. Where is the church? What sitting in on my couch, watching a TV is just not church. It's not. Right. And, and so I'm thankful, you know, as much as this is all so terrible and, and obviously I would love to go back to regular normal. I'm also thankful for the things that it has revealed and how it has really driven me, uh, to seek God and to seek truth and to, um, you know, make sure that I am linking arms with people who I should be. And, uh, you know, considering, considering all of those things, uh, really carefully as we're walking forward into whatever's, whatever's next, as you said. Yeah. And I'll just say one that just reminded me, you know, back in March of 2020, I wrote a post on Facebook and what I saw was that God was stripping away idols mm -hmm. with, with the, with what was coming with COVID, the idols were being stripped away. I mean, it started with, uh, you know, I think the, the NCAA tournament was canceled. The basketball tournament was canceled. So you had this, this idol of sports being stripped away and jobs were stripped away as far as, you know, being at the office all the time, that kind of thing. And even, even what can become an idol in church or, you know, your local church can become an idol to you. If it's, if you're not there for the right reasons, if you're not there to mm -hmm. worship, if you're there as kind of a social club yes. that was stripped away. And so I think that's another good thing that happened through this past year and a half is that we saw a lot of idols being stripped away. Mm -hmm. Everybody's dealt with it differently. So you can see how it, 
how it kind of worked itself out to what you were saying, but yeah, I, that's another good thing I think that happened. Yeah, absolutely. Man. Well, um, as promised, how can people connect with you and find out more about working with you, getting your assistance, uh, all of that, where, where should they go? Yeah. So if you need to get in touch with me for, uh, for issues related to the, the accommodation request, um, I would tell you just email me. Uh, it's just my name, Jacob Arthur Law. So that's J-A-C-O-B-A-R-T-H-U-R-L-A-W at gmail.com. Uh, my website's jacobarthurlaw.com. Uh, I am on, I have on Facebook, uh, my podcast information. We're on Twitter. Uh, on, I'm on Twitter personally. You can DM me through there, Jacob Arthur NC. Um, yeah, so that, that's probably the easiest way to get in touch with me is through those Perfect. mediums. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your time today and sharing all your wisdom. I know people will find this very fascinating and hopefully helpful as well. Thanks for having me. All right, guys, that's all I have for today. I hope you have a very happy Thanksgiving with your family. Whatever your plans are, whatever you're doing, um, be safe. And I do not mean that in the secular way. I just mean, you know, I don't know, drive safely. Don't, you know, choke on turkey or any bones or anything. Just, you know, chew your food, chew your food thoroughly, you know, wash it all down with some cranberry juice or what have you, you know, the fluffy cranberry marshmallow salad. I don't know. Obviously, I have food in the brain. I really cannot wait to eat on Thanksgiving Day because Thanksgiving, let's just be honest, it has the best food. It is truly the best food. Christmas does not even touch it. It doesn't even come close. So anyway, um, this is not a podcast about food, but I am very excited for Thursday. So I hope you guys have a great time and I'll see you next week.